This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Shortly, they'll be joining me on the panel here for this show. And here is Dalton, a.k.a. the Canadian Sensation. What's up? Oh my gosh, that's carrying over now? Yes. I already Is told you we're we're working on some stuff. You you got a new gimmick now. Is that even a positive thing? I don't know, and 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 the listeners don't know quite yet. So you're you're a man of mystery, an international man of mystery. <laughs> oh gosh! And What's we all exchange rate. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's not that much, is it? Only like a few pennies difference. But in Canada, I don't think they have pennies anymore. Well, do they, Dalton? Yeah. Yes, they have pen- they have pennies in Canada, and they're worth more than American pennies. Okay, thank you for the update. And we also have Cass no, here, who I is now the visible man. It's a tower of dreams, real love is after every scene. Days go by. Oh, oh, wait, we're... you know, I-, I would question this, Cass, but I'm sure you sing off air just as much. He does. No, no, I was just watching Family Matters before I got on there. <laughs> that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not too surprised at all that you didn't know the show was on. Because, you know, last week, yeah. At least you, you're here, though. You answered the call. So, <laughs> so I guess somebody did put it in the damn DM. Where because, I to say it. because I didn't specifically spell it out for you, even though we go, the, the show is on at the same time every friggin' week. You gotta remind the man, though, because I got shit to do. Yeah, like Let's watching honest, reruns of Family Matters. To, you don't know how to work Twitter that well. Are you sure you know where the DMs are? Hashtag cast ten good one. Shut up, Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> man, you you guys are probably worn out already. The show hasn't even been on for sixty seconds, and like tire treads all over both of you. I'm just sitting over here all clean and nice and holy as my... Shut up, Jay! As (laughs) as is typical for my angelic self. But um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I I would like to start first by saying that it is exactly four weeks until the trip to Mania. Hells yeah. Exactly four weeks. Do you, do you guys hear this? 45, 46, 47. Stop teasing. Stop teasing. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, that's the number of push-ups I'm doing for the contest we have yet to, uh, we are going to implore on. Oh, yeah. We decided to do a push-up contest. And I guess you guys have set up for your own demise. Because I, I, I'm telling you, this ain't what you want. Bro, you don't want none of this. Who- this is going from a man who, for some reason, last week, or last week and we were talking, is for some reason peeved. We came and eat his goddamn cereal if it's not in the damn Lucky Charms box. You know what? We got to save this for an anarchy episode because this is a very important discussion. 
this is an important discussion that I don't even know if people are going to agree with me on this, but once you see things from my perspective, you'll understand. So I don't even want to go too deep into that because that's a lot of stuff, and I'm not going to allow myself to be thrown under the bus like that. I'll tell you one thing, though. I'm surprised you haven't been, like, just 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 went off the rails and just started to eat raisins with the crap that you must eat. What? Uh, what? I, I'll, I'll just say, <laughs> J, 17 push-ups, the Canadian exchange rate is like 25, so I've still got you. No, that, nah, that doesn't work. Because I, I, I know your secrets, buddy. I know the real deal, all right? We got a show, guys. Let's get going. <laughs> okay, so I want to start where SmackDown ended last week, or actually this week. SD Live. Okay, so I was tired as hell on Tuesday. I tried to watch SmackDown Live. It, it was no fault to the show itself, but I fell asleep during the show. And I woke up, and I see Randy Orton ranting <laughs> like crazy. I fall back asleep. I wake up, and there's something burning behind him and in my mind i'm like am i dreaming did i actually wake up or am i still asleep what the fuck is going on apparently randy orton found bray wyatt's shack under the shack sister abigail was buried there randy orton burns down the shack and says that he has chosen this moment to strike bray wyatt and that's how he declared that, yeah, all that stuff that I was talking about for WrestleMania, uh-uh. It's going to be me and you, buddy, over that WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. It was a very um, visually appealing segment, very. but I still have my issues with this feud. Well, let's just go ahead and say, but well, actually... Before I even go away, I'm just going to say I'll actually um, give WWE some credit here because I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, as soon as I heard that Bray Wyatt was just going to be out there, like, talking about his quote unquote opponent, which I'm sure we'll get to later, where I thought it was just going to be the same old Bray Wyatt stuff. But then Randy Orton, he his butt shows up on the damn Titan Tron and it's just like, I give him credit because it was out of nowhere. And here's the thing we always get I see what on you did WWE. There. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> The thing is, my thing about that, I actually enjoyed that whole thing, even though I did think it was just a bit campy, a little overproduced for my liking. But Camp I will fiery? say, this. I said campy, <laughs> a little too campy for my liking. But I'm a guy that watches Power, and just so I'm quite used to this. But yeah, um, yeah, it was a little overproduced in my opinion. But I, like I said, if it was out of nowhere, and we always get on WWE for like not being different or going outside the box. A lot of times, and I actually say this: this was a hell of a lot better than that New Day Wyatt family compound bullshit that we got last year. Like it actually felt like something. But yeah, overall, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. But I will say, where does AJ fit in this, and why was it like right after immediately you declared the supposed AJ Styles as the number one contender? See, well, that's. That's the issue I have with it, too. I, I kind of feel the same way Jay uh, does. It was very visually appealing. This was very Lucha Underground-esque. You know, I think generally uh, wrestling fans have been opened up in the last few years to this kind of visual presentation where we can kind of suspend disbelief that there's this ethereal, supernatural 
way of presenting an angle, and it doesn't have to be strictly wrestling-based. Um, but I do have to question, as Cass mentioned, why would Randy Orton wait a week after, or sorry, why would Randy Orton wait this long to say he changes his mind and he's going to actually face Bray Wyatt after the supposed number one contender to uh, Bray Wyatt's championship has been mentioned? Wouldn't you think... Uh, Randy Orton being as cunning as he has been and have, having played Bray Wyatt as well as he has, wouldn't you think he would wait until that other person is out of the way so it doesn't yeah. impede his, his attempt to go after the title? And that's the it thing about right. it. Like, this whole thing, it seemed very weird. And when you say out of nowhere, that could be a good thing because it's unpredictable. But then when yeah. you don't get any kind of cues from... A storyline as the storyline is developing, you don't get any kind of cues or any kind of foreshadowing of a moment like this happening. It seems as if WWE just did something like this for it to be spectacular to catch everyone's attention. But this is like a lake that's a mile wide and an inch deep. It looks yeah, wonderful like on the surface, but there is absolutely no depth to what's going on and that's been my number one problem with this entire feud between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton there is absolutely no substance there at all but I will say this though the one thing that they did do and I think this is the uh, goal they wanted to accomplish was it got me intrigued and the thing is the crowd if you actually listen they were eating that whole thing up so it's Mm -hmm. like they pretty much accomplished like what they set out and here's the thing I thought about this um for the last few weeks since Orton won uh, the Rumble, they started this feud, like, what, back in September? Because they were supposed to go one-on-one at Backlash, but they didn't have because Orton was still hurt. And then they had the match at um, No Mercy. That was a shit of a match. Shouldn't have made event still, but they did main event it. And I didn't think about this at the time, but you knew they had to main event for a reason. Not just because Harper came back, but because you knew these guys were going to be used. Then, at Survivor Series, they were, along with Harper, the last three sole survivors for Team SmackDown. The team had some momentum. Then they went to TLC, and then they won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Even though I don't think they should have lost them early, you could have like spread that out even more because of the results that we're seeing. But they end up losing them, and then dissension in the Wyatts occurs. Then we've we've seen what Harper could do, and I really want to talk about him later. But yeah, um, we see what he could do, and now everything's just come full circle. Now, when you think about it, we always get on WWE again for like not like coming up with at least outside of the box stuff. And what was the last time that we actually saw like a legit feud that was built for months and months? And months, not even like prior to January. Let's like going like all the way back to like November or December when they start building the feuds for Mania. I haven't seen anything like this since. Shout out to SmackDown 03 since the uh, <laughs> the build to Brock Lesnar versus Kurt. Angle well, here's the problem that I have with that. Of course, WWE. It'd be great if they could build up a feud for months and months and months and we can Mm -hmm. see it develop from one point to the next but guess what the feud actually has to be good the feud actually has to evoke some kind of emotion out of you the feud actually has to be effective as well i'm not going to sit here and give them credit just because i can look at a piece of paper and see these bullet points of things that they accomplished and developments that happened if i sat back and i watched every single one of those things every single one of those things happen 
I witnessed that as a viewer of the program, but if it didn't evoke any kind of emotion in me, then I'm not going to give WWE credit for telling that story. We can sit here and say they accomplished all of these things, but it didn't do much for me to a point where I'm sitting here right now and saying, what are they even going off of? Everything that Randy Orton said in that segment on SmackDown, that was old shit, like, this 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 stuff that they pulled out of thin air about Sister Abigail, she's dead and she's buried here. Of course, that's connected to the mythos of Bray Wyatt, but there's no substance to who Randy Orton is and how he is connected to Bray Wyatt right now. That that's that's the right question, the logic of this, because it's one of those things where we as we don't know that Randy Orton's character is aware of any of this. Much much more, this is my own interpretation, I always took Sister Abigail to be a deity, mm-hmm. um, rather than a... And, and it's cool, oh, I guess it's... Big words. It's a god. Words, like, a, 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 deity is, a deity is like a god, or this, um, this, this being no, that, that. that isn't like substance, like you, you can't feel them, but you it's can... spirit. You, you okay, can there sense you them. You just yeah. said that, but a goddess, on. yeah. I've always interpreted Sister Abigail to be some kind of goddess or a metaphor for some kind of guiding spirit that Bray Wyatt has. And I didn't uh, even think about that. It's like they just rushed right through that. Like, oh shit, well, Sister Abigail, that's a real person, and... You know, they had to provide some kind of event or they had to provide some kind of location because otherwise if Randy Orton just said, I'm going to by beating you, I'm going to uh, vanquish the spirit of Sister Abigail. It, it, I mean, visually, it wouldn't have been as pleasant because mm-hmm. what they easily could have done. This is something they, that Randy Orton feuds tend to fall back on. And this is why I, I appreciate their attempt. What they easily could have done has would have been just not mention anything for the next few weeks, let it mm-hmm. <laughs> let it slow burn, if you will, and then have Randy ah. turn on him, you know, turn into a viper, pull the viper card, and then just turn around and RKO him. And I, and for them not doing that, I appreciate what they tried to do here. It's just. I have to question the logic because once again, Randy Orton's not part of that Bray Wyatt myth. Though is the fact that he's aware of all this, and to just establish that, oh, is Bray Wyatt a murderer now? Is there some kind of was Sister Abigail an actual person? That's where I question like where any of this is coming from. Here's the thing that you're forgetting though, Dalton. Once you're indoctrinated into the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt takes you on a tour. He has like this um, pamphlet. And it's like an orientation. <laughs> he get, he, like, okay, here's where Sister Abigail is, and here's where the Wyatt family compound is. So that's where that's why um, Randy Orton knows where everything is. It went through orientation. Here's a good question, though. Who came off as the heel and who came off as the face in that old thing? I mean, seeing Bray Wyatt crying. Yeah, like that that seemed, that didn't seem heelish to me. Because you have to you have to wonder for Bray Wyatt. To establish himself as the heel, if he is to be the true heel, and he's crying because Randy Orton burned his shack down. Like, what the hell does Bray Wyatt have to do to outheal Randy Orton? People, that was your WWE champion this past Tuesday night. The fat bearded redneck that is your WWE champion. He's crying, crying like a whiny bitch. But I did feel sympathetic towards Bray Wyatt because here's the thing. In our eyes, we see Orton as the as the uh, heel, but to the casuals, he's the face. I'd say even I don't know to too the many, um, 
to the uh, whoever we are. Shit, he, I, he, I don't, he's a face too. I don't know too many faces that commit arson. And by the way, the word is arson, not arsony, Daniel Bryan and Renee Young. That pissed me <laughs> off so much. That's, that's, just, that's just an insider about me because I happen to write law sites for a living. So when I heard that shit, I'm like, arsony? Arsony? It's not a word. It's the, May, it's did arson. he steal something too? Maybe it's, it was like yeah. larceny he stole that and was arson. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> but again, but again, I wish I will say this. I actually am looking forward to the match now. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. They they showed me. I don't know what they did this past Tuesday night, but they they showed me more on this match than what they've been doing for the last few months. However, I still give them credit for like giving us a bill for like months and months on end, and just not doing it like a random mania bill that starts in January and all of a sudden ends in April. Okay, and speaking of this match, I guess now it's technically a triple threat with... Uh, no. Hmm. And no, it's not, people, because SmackDown Live will be this Tuesday night, and we will for the first time see AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. What the fuck, and why is this our goddamn free television? Is it is the number one contender spot on the yep. line? The number one contender spot, the winner faces Bray Wyatt at Mania, and I don't know why it's on free television, but I'll deal with it. But the thing is, and it isn't, this goes back to like what I said, like, you could have like really saved the Orton quote unquote turn on Bray for like weeks to come because look, we still got like Jay, you just mentioned at the top of the show, we got like a good like what, four weeks till mm-hmm. Mania? They could have spread it this out like a good two more weeks. Or at least another week, in my opinion. It's like, you just put... And I kind of found it weird on how you knew shit was going to go down when you saw AJ and Harper were not going to be the main event. Because that was this weird placement to me. Uh Which, real quick. Yeah. Damn it, Luke Harper has so much potential. That guy can go. Yes, That that guy can can go. I need to see a feud between Luke Harper and Baron Corbin after WrestleMania. It's it's funny. I uh, I was actually thinking the same thing. Um, oh Luke Harper God. can go. That would be that would be incredibly mm. good. Luke it would Harper be go, ugly, went... disgusting, and fucking wonderful. Like, could you just imagine those two in some kind of match mm. with like a stipulation or something like that, oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. an extreme Ooh, rules match? Fight. Because oh, I remember when Luke Harper had that match with Dolph Ziggler, that ladder match. He fucked mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler up in that match. And then to get a sadistic person like that, honestly, he fucked him up so bad in that match. That honestly made me feel a little bit uncomfortable sitting there watching that. But for once, you get a person like Luke Harper, sadistic, Baron Corbin, he's able to go fun. there too. put them in a match. Oh, my God. I need to see it. Let yeah. Baron Corbin win the Intercontinental Championship from Dean Ambrose and then give me a feud between Baron Corbin and Luke Harper over the title. Money. Here's a buy or sell real quick. What's the more vaunted match? Baron Corbin and Luke Harper or Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe? Ooh. Because Brock Lesnar, I'll say him. I'll go with Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe just because I know Luke Harper versus Baron Corbin is that that's 
easier we could get that match a whole hell of a lot more quickly yeah. than we can a Brock Lesnar Samoa Joe. So if I'm wishing, hoping, and praying, all of those wishes, hopes, and prayers are going to go to Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe because shit, we could actually end up getting um, Luke Harper versus uh, versus Aaron Corbin. Corbin. But but yeah, um, but yeah, this this Tuesday night, yeah, Orton and uh, AJ will go out, and the winner will face Wyatt at Mania again. I don't know why they didn't like space this out because you still got enough shows left to where you can make a much of a, a compelling story out of this heading into me. And now I'm hearing that Vince McMahon doesn't even, he's not really that big on Luke Harper. He doesn't even want to put him or even have him involved in the triple threat with the, or with Orton and Wyatt for the championship. And I could see why, because here, here's the thing in ring wise, that's a damn good match on paper. Mm-hmm. That, that That's a damn good match on paper, but his appearance does hurt that match in my opinion, mainly because of the prestige of the WWE Championship, or better to say, like, what's left of the prestige of the WWE Championship. But I'm looking forward to this match Tuesday night. How does his appearance hurt that match? Like, his appearance is about as ugly as Bray Wyatt's. No, No, Bray Wyatt has that new leather jacket, so that that changes things. That's not real. I know what you're saying, but it's... I realize I'm nitpicking, but like it's not that far off from where Ray is right now. The guy looks like a damn hobo off the damn side of the railroad tracks. <laughs> not even on it, on the side. <laughs> yeah, on the side of the railroad tracks. He ain't even worried that, but even though we know he showers, but that's around the point. But yeah, um, but but seriously, Luke Harper, for all intents and purposes, while he has been getting a push, a quote unquote push, it's not enough for a wrestle mania atmosphere type like here's the thing triple threats are also so forgettable when we're talking about wrestlemania they can't be forgettable so it's like and also you know if he's in that match he's taking the damn pin you know he's gonna you know he's gonna do yeah. that so it's like even though i do disagree with Vince McMahon on this one because the harper has shown way too much of his single stuff the match that he had with ordinary elimination chamber Fucking fantastic. The match he had with Styles this past Tuesday night. Loved it. I thought it should have been longer, but I get what they were trying to do here. But let's talk about AJ Styles in this sense, because how do you put him out of this? Because I don't see him getting pinned clean Tuesday night. I have no idea how they get out of this. I don't even know how the hell they got themselves into it. I don't they know ex- what they're doing they with AJ. Um, I think... Shame it, man. I, th- I think in some way they're going to try and interject. Again, I don't know I mean, what well, they're yeah. doing with AJ. <laughs> Dead air. I mean... They gotta put him somewhere. This whole Shane McMahon thing, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I do not understand, I literally cannot fathom how this even came up as a possibility. I, I think what the problem is here um, is that we are really, AJ, we're never going to sell AJ Short in the ring. He's mm-hmm. made a million people look good. He looks good himself. But I think the problem with this Shane thing is if they are going with Shane and AJ, you're really hurting AJ. And like AJ is coming off as the forever babyface here because he really is getting screwed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's 
already being positioned in a match where, like, okay, yeah, he'd make Shane look good. Whoopty fucking do. Shane doesn't need to look good. He's a daredevil. He's not there to have a in-ring technical match with AJ. But for AJ to lose the number one contendership and then be dawdled around being put in the shuffle of this Wyatt family debacle, I don't like. I don't feel like we're going to get something bad even if we got a Shane and AJ match, but it does nothing to progress his character other than to be pissed off at an authority figure in Shane McMahon who's not mm-hmm. really oppressive. It's just, it, it's we're wasting, we're squandering AJ's talent. I don't really get it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get some good spots, though, and I guess it's okay because we're going to get yeah. that. Yeah, because that's what, the, in the IWC, that's all that matters is the in-ring quality, guys. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so let's move over to the uh, raw side of things. Do Seth we somebody we, Can we, we give somebody? Oh. Here's somebody we cannot give sympathy to. See, we we could possibly give Bray Wyatt sympathy, depending on how we spun that. You cannot give Seth fucking Rollins. Not freaking, because freaking's the guy who wears the white tights. You cannot give <laughs> Seth fucking Rollins sympathy here. He's a bitch. This is. I was. Is he, he, and I don't mean to go off here. He he said By all qualitatively. Means. Qualitatively, I had no problem with what Rollins was saying because he was saying all the right things. The issue is Triple H trumped him because everything Triple H was saying about how I spoon fed you, I helped you along, I made you the flavor of the month. Yep. He wasn't lying, and moreover, <laughs> maybe it was just me. Seth Rollins came off as such a pussy because I don't see how and and I will permit I will permit a little bit that Wisconsin did not give that segment necessarily the right time of day. Oh, they did chant CM Punk during the segment. Yeah, what the hell was completely out of nowhere? And I'm like, dude, this is you know why, right? That's Seth Rollins. You know, you know why? I think what it was is at least this is my rationale Um, with the Rock. With The Rock asking for CM Punk chance last week, mm-hmm. um, I think that more or less revived the chance. Because at this point, I don't uh, think they're trying to piss off the talent anymore. I think they're just trying to. Um, I, I think they're uh, that one was elicited just for the purposes of shooting that page, you know, film that they're doing. Um, page and uh, I think with that happening last week, this is what brought it over to this week. But in in and of itself. The crowd was not responsive. Rollins was being ho-hum, and Corey Graves... No, Corey Graves was doing his best to be like, hey, hey, Seth, how's it going? Uh, how's how's rehab going? And Seth just comes off with, oh, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's not very, imp- you know, it's not very... It's not... It's medicine. It's not science. You know, it, it, it's got to take it one day at a time. And I'm like, See, are you a football, how, football player? How you sound right now, you're speaking with more sincerity than he did. So you're giving him too much credit with your reenactment because the dude, you, I could tell that it was fake as hell. And yeah. that's the problem when I'm sitting there and I can't even like, again, I'll agree with you, Dalton, when you said that you, it wasn't an issue with what he said, the words, they were there. And I kind of talked about this with Steven on Twitter a little bit because Steven has this thing, um, he wanted Seth Rollins to finally have his mea culpa, to realize that all of the dirt that you did with Triple H, at some point you're going to have to realize that it's not worth it, and maybe you need to change your ways, because after all of this time that Seth Rollins has been quote-unquote face, 
he's never had that moment of reflection where he's like, okay, well, it's about time that now I finally change my ways. So Steven was saying that this is this this that moment on Raw was the face turn that Seth Rollins never had, and that was a necessary moment for the development and the progression of his character. That's all well and good. We went into that segment looking for two completely different things, or I'm not going to say two completely different things, because I was looking for what Steven was looking for, but in addition to that, I wanted to feel some kind of sympathy for Seth Rollins, because something that I've noticed from him, and this is actually one of the reasons why I stopped watching Monday Night Raw, um, Seth Rollins is not a good top babyface, or at the very least, he has he has not been. You right, people. You, I you guys know I'm practically the biggest Seth Rollins mark on this show, and even I'll admit, even I'm gonna say it. This face turn has been shit. But the, <laughs> like, like, the, like, you have no idea how much this breaks my heart because oh, we know what. Shut up, shut up, Jay. But um, but yeah, um, I, I so want this to work, and much like you, Jay, and much like the rest of you, I was definitely looking for something out of Rollins Monday Night. And here's the thing: I I, I actually do think that Triple H, while he was molly whopping him on the microphone, which by the way, that was the game taking everybody in the back to promo school. Mm-hmm. Just, just just to oh, let yeah. you know. And it was great. But yeah, I honestly think that he legitimately did that because he, you can tell that he wanted to see something mm-hmm. out of Saffron's. He wanted to see something. He was challenging him. I think he really was legit challenging him to say something. All Seth Rollins, unfortunately, I hate to say this, all he did was just stare and say, I'll see you at WrestleMania. <laughs> and, here, and here's the thing. Like, I think this was a little bit of, um, open-ended intentionally credit credit to uh, Sean Ross Schaff for for looking at this because once I saw this he said he, he thinks that it was open-ended intentionally because remember this is still not an official match mm-hmm. we still don't know like what's going to happen if the match gets officially but which I, I actually do think it will happen but still if you're trying to come out and trying to let the people know like what the heck is going on with you then you need to put on dude you are going to be possibly missing WrestleMania for the second straight year in a row. And you're telling me that you can't come up with a legit emotional promo. That's my thing. That's my thing. not delve deep enough. Like, Like, I was sitting there listening to what he was saying. And I'm like, okay, well, I know this shit is fake because I'm not sensing any emotion from him. So he's going to be at WrestleMania. Because I was like, if this was real, you would think that it would affect him in a way where it's like exactly what you just said. This is my second year in a row where i'm missing wrestlemania this isn't some storyline shit this that that's real life what what is his real name colby lopez that's him you know forget about seth rollins that's the dude behind seth rollins who is experiencing this missing out on a wrestlemania once again and because i didn't get that emotion out of him and let me try to find this person because uh they uh, they, they sent me a message on Twitter saying that he went to the Stephanie McMahon School of uh, Sincerity. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't necessarily have to go to, to the school because, you know, that that is his mama. She He just got it from her at home, you know. So. He homeschooled. <laughs> yeah, he homeschooled. And unfortunately, Vince was nowhere around. Grandpa was nowhere around because I don't know what happened from, you know, well, I guess she got it from Linda, so. 
It makes sense now. Dunce, makes with sense. the dunce cone on his head, too, while whipping him <laughs> with the damn ruler on his hand. Oh, man. Like, I got no problem. I have no problem with Seth Rollins uh, trying to delve into his, you know, be uh, introspective and figure out why he had a change of heart. You know, make him look back at what got him here and the mistakes he's made. But he didn't delve deep enough. I was hoping mm-hmm. whenever Rollins has this internal struggle and looks back at what he did, he would address his turning on the shield. He didn't mention that at all. And moreover, I felt Triple H was feeding him lines. I mean, clearly yes. I don't, he wasn't necessarily feeding him lines. But the way it came off is... Do not come to WrestleMania. Do not he said it four the match. times. He's like, do not four I'm times. sitting there like, wait a minute. He did. He just said that he wasn't going to be there. Like, what the it's, hell are you talking it's about? Not going to be. He just said the doctors weren't looking too high. Like, it's he wasn't going to get cleared. So why are you telling him don't do this? That's like d- read between the lines, Seth. Don't do what I'm saying. Did have you all seen that um, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer where Rocket yeah. Raccoon is uh, talking yeah, to I did, Baby I Groot? And he's like, do not press that button. And then he's like, I am grouped. I am grouped. Like, okay, so so you want me to press the button, right? He's like, no, don't press the button. That's That reminded me of Seth Rollins and Triple H. It's like, I didn't even consider this before you said something. But now you said something. Hmm. I think I might see you at WrestleMania. Hey, don't you say he can't, like, read in between the lines at this rate? He can't even read in between the lines at this rate. Like, come on. Shit, he can't read between the lines because he had four lines in his damn promo. (laughs) Triple H said, don't be at WrestleMania. Don't call me out at WrestleMania. He said that like four goddamn (laughs) times. Like, it's like, I did kind of find it funny on how, like, just a couple weeks ago, he was the face when Joe debuted Mm. pretty much during this promo. And now he's the goddamn heel. I just, I just so like that dynamic with babyface Triple H versus heel Triple H. I mean that that's just an interesting dynamic on the same goddamn show. Okay, what else do we have? Fastlane. Um, I'll tell you straight up. Uh, whatever the tag team match is, I don't care about it. I, that's one portion of Monday Night Raw that I'm out of tune. With I I ain't rocking with whatever is going on in the tag team division. Like I don't even remember what's going on, but I know if I did remember, I I I I would want to forget it again. Oh, let me go in on on the tag team division because you guys know I'm an expert in this. The thing is, I'm just gonna go and fight out say, and I'll even put SD live in this. Both tag team divisions are shit right now. And even I wanted to say SD Live's tattoo division, it sucks because it's just American just a Alpha com- has nobody. And plus they're steamrolling everybody. And I can I can't stand the booking of American Alpha right now. I cannot stand it. It's mm-hmm. pissing me off. Gallus and Anderson. So you're telling me after weeks and weeks and weeks of them fooling around with Roman Reigns dick on Monday Night Raw. Oh my god. They all of a sudden I think I missed reason, that part. They all of a sudden now face their challengers and Enzo and Big Cass, who, by the way, am I the only one that's finding Enzo and Big Cass's reaction like getting slower yeah, I'm and over softer them. Every single, oh, in every single week? The, yeah, I'm over them, too. But you know, I mean, maybe you don't. I think it's pretty obvious they're trying to subtly 
plant the seeds that uh, Cass will eventually be booting Enzo. Don't do that. He's getting super annoying on purpose. Like, did you see yeah. him when he kept screaming, "We got their kryptonite! We got their kryptonite!" And then mm-hmm. Sheamus booted him, and Sheamus got cheered. You know something's wrong when Sheamus gets cheered <laughs> because you beat some, you beat, you know, Enzo's ass up. So I, I think, mm-hmm. I think eventually they're going to split Cass and Enzo up. And good riddance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that specifically because the tag team division is just so freaking thin. It's so, so thin. I don't know about you guys heard, but there is a leaked WrestleMania 33 card rooming around right now. And get this. Both the tag team titles are going to be on the damn pre-show. That's so sad to me. That that, that Like, yeah. oh, I'm not even going to get into it because it's just like, it just pisses me off. Like, you have two of your tag team championships on the goddamn pre-show. You know, well, that we have I mean, with the current like status of the divisions, it's like, uh, yeah. so be it. Well, how about this? Let's talk about the Strowman Roman match this Sunday. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm actually really am looking forward to that one. I'm, people, I'm not kidding. I'm not jabbing you. I am actually <laughs> looking forward to Roman Reigns taking on Braun Strowman. You know what's interesting about this match between Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns? And it hurts me to say this, but it is what it is. I don't see any value whatsoever in this narrative that WWE is attempting to paint. Can Roman Reigns overtake Braun Strowman? It's weird. uh, What is it? The immovable... What... the, Irresistible is, force versus the immovable yeah, object. I have no interest in that. So little interest that I didn't even remember how the damn saying went. But you know, get my <laughs> point. I, like I look at this as nothing more than food to uh, Roman. No, actually, food for Braun. Like I look at Roman Reigns like he's just somebody that Braun Strowman can run through. And, and get to the next spot. I'm not saying that that's going to be that's the way that it turns cool. out. I'm saying that's how little interest I have in Roman Reigns right now. But here's the thing. It's like, let's be real here. Like, even though Roman Reigns is not like a top star of an Undertaker or John Cena, even though they try to label it that way, he is one of the top guys in this company. And for bronze level, this will be the biggest match of his career. Quote unquote, like this will be his like big money match for him because Roman he's he's facing Roman Reigns and, and while Roman Reigns is not featured when we see it at that level, but WWE has put him on that level and they have featured him on the level. So this is a big match for Braun. And here's the thing: if Roman Reigns can have a good match with the Big Show, he's gonna have a damn good Thank match you. with Roman. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you would mention that because I was saying. Uh, I think it was last year at Extreme Rules, or yeah, yeah. Um, they had a surprisingly good match. Roman and yeah, Big Show did. Like, they I did. don't think a whole lot of people went into that expecting nobody it to be wanted good. to see nobody. it. Nobody, nobody <laughs> wanted to see it. <laughs> and what do you know? It was actually pretty damn good. And Shocked I think the hell out of me. 
Yeah. I think it can be said this match too. Like if if they can have a good match and Strowman and Show <laughs> can have a good match, you know, A and B, C, you put that logic together. Roman and Strow, uh, Strowman will probably have a good match, and I mm-hmm. think the only option to go with here for Strowman's benefit is to have Strowman win because if you <laughs> feed if you feed Strowman to Roman, not only are you going to piss off the internet, you're really going to kill what <laughs> momentum uh, Strowman has here. So. I'm, you know, I'm not crazy about Roman's character either, but, you know, I think it's going to be a good, it's not going to be, you know, piss anybody off. It's going to be a good match, and I think Strowman has to win here. Maybe, um, you know, now that I look back, maybe this match could spark something within Roman for me, because I'm one of those guys, like, you could talk about, um... Yeah, you one care. of them. Yeah, one of them that cares about stories and characters and stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm on that <laughs> island all by myself. I I know, but you know we can say that Roman Reigns has so and so standing in WWE. I get it. Braun Strowman right now is he's on fire, on motherfucking fire. I would oh, hate yeah. to see what he has generated and what has been gifted to him by the booking team to be taken and transferred over. To Roman Reigns, especially when he doesn't have a character that's equipped to handle that and make something of it. People, this just shows you how big Strowman has gotten since he has since he's been on Raw. Remember last year when they actually main evented Braun Strowman versus the Big Show on the Go Home Show for Fastlane last year, and I remember Dalton, you, me, and Lucas, we had our post. Raw rundown thing at the time. We were sitting here going mother freaking off <laughs> on WWE for them thinking that Strowman was ready for that spot. The problem with Braun Strowman for the first time was the fact that he was super green last year and they tried to like really shoot him somewhere. But you see what happens when you pull him back, you give him time to develop, practice. Just keep on going with some of my man with them. And look at Braun Strowman now. If you were to tell me Braun Strowman would have been something like this, here's the thing. I think he is what the great Kali was supposed to be when he was around. Hmm. And I don't know if that's saying too. I don't know if, I don't know if that's being bold. I get what you're saying. Ridiculous. I get what I, you're yeah, saying. Because it. it's one thing to have a big guy go out there and do moves and stuff. And, you know, of mm-hmm. course the announcers are going to sell it to the heaven and back but for it to actually be entertaining that's a different thing and you know braun Strowman, he knows how to count from one to three he can <laughs> he, he can move without looking like he's about to topple over like a damn tree that's getting chopped down uh so yeah and he has a good voice too wonderful um voice that's oh, does, it, does it compare to your seductive voice jay he beats me. He beats me. <laughs> I'll admit that. I want a contract. <laughs> I, I love Braun Strowman's voice. I really do. It very awesome voice. You know, maybe hey, um, it doesn't work out that way for everyone. You know, like like you know, a beast you know who what? shall remain nameless. But you know, Braun, he's got. Yeah. It. You know what's <laughs> funny? They put they are putting a lot of emphasis. 
Because these guys were closed at Raw with a contract sign. And again, contract signings are is right now the most overplayed cliches in the world of It wrestling. seems like we have a new one every damn week. You know yeah. what's funny, though? You know what's funny? As overplayed as contract signings are, this might have been one of the only ones I can remember that actually made sense. Mm-hmm. Because Braun, Braun actually said, because you know, most of the time we just have a contract signing because, oh, it's a title match, and we're supposed to believe that it's not sanctioned mm-hmm. unless there's a contract signing. Like, why the hell didn't but, you handle this? backstage like why you gotta wait till the last minute what what if one of them didn't want to sign the contract and now the match is off see these are things that you got to think about but yeah it's just like hey do you guys feel as if they they are putting a lot of emphasis on a match that let's quite frank while this is a big match for them that probably really didn't need emphasis remember they have advertised this match and then the next thing the next one i think we're about to talk about like very heavily for weeks. Oh, I think up. this is actually going to be one of the main events. Like the actual main event that takes up the time to make up for Kevin Owens and Goldberg. Like go, uh, going back to the contract signing, I think the reason, like I appreciated the thing that they mentioned it for was Braun said, I want uh, Roman Reigns' name on paper. That way he can't back out because he's mm-hmm. too scared to have this match. <laughs> Previously, it was just a time filler, but I think it served its purpose here. It actually made sense that Braun wanted an ironclad reason so that you could, you know, not have Roman pussy out. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it made sense, and it made um, him it look like him a... look dumb. Yeah, it made him look like a straight-up badass, too. That one turnbuckle yeah. spot... Oh, that was great. That was sick. My God, that looked so damn good. Luckily, Roman Reigns had the you know the vests on and protected himself there. So. By he the way, he'll ahead. be the he'll be the smartest heel in wrestling if he takes that damn protective bulletproof vest off and just starts wailing on him. This Sunday, he will be the smartest heel in wrestling. In my, you opinion, know what? I like to see that. Do it. Book it. <laughs> Book it. Yeah. Um, by the way, I just want to say this real quick, people. I don't want to see no crying. I don't want to see no bitching on Twitter. I don't want to see no upright with the IWC when Bailey loses the championship Sunday. I'm just gonna say that right now. See, I thought you were. I thought you were going the whole Kevin Owens thing. Team by now. I thought you were about to say Kevin Owens, but well, I'll say that this Sunday. I don't want to see. No bitching, no crying, no moaning when Kevin Owens go. loses. Because the same people who are going to be crying about a part-timer winning the championship were the same ones who were sitting up and eating up every single second of the <laughs> joke that Kevin Owens was. That was you telling WWE that that was acceptable for Kevin Owens. He wasn't positioned as a top star there. That was you telling WWE all we need to get out of Kevin Owens is an entertaining match. And I guarantee you, if he loses a championship, he's going to go on to face Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. You're going to get your entertaining match. And you take it, you accept it, and you're going to like it. Shit. So, I mean, that's it. Like, Yeah, we're going to be there. We ain't got no choice. We have to like what you're doing. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't. <laughs> you don't have to like it, but, you know, mm-hmm. you want your money's worth. So, <laughs> let's hope to like question. it. 
Let me ask you guys uh, this question because this will be interesting. Do you think if Brock Lesnar interferes somehow, some way, shape, more fashion in this Universal Championship match Sunday, that his character will be the dumbest on the damn roster? Yes. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a few people who are dumber than Brock Lesnar, but he'd be like, one of them, most definitely. It just be it just really wouldn't fit Lesnar's character because you're telling me that Brock Lesnar, a superstar of his status, does not want a, a championship match again and try to take the championship from the guy that has mollywopped his white behind for like the last couple months in squash fashion and actually have real justice of taking the championship from him in the main event, in the main event of WrestleMania? See, it would make sense. It would make more sense for Chris Jericho to interfere than it would for Brock Lesnar. That would make zero sense at all. Yeah. No, it would. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Because Goldberg's old ass does not need help from Y2 jackass Chris Jericho. Oh, no. I'm saying from the perspective of the feuds that they're going to be building towards. So it it would make more sense for Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens Mm -hmm. if Chris Jericho was to interfere versus making no okay. sense for um, Goldberg versus Brock for Brock to interfere. Yeah, You guys realize that we're not going to get, we're probably not going to get any clean finishes at this pay-per-view, right? Because I don't see a lot of clean finishes on this show. I mean, we, that's the problem. WWE, this whole episode of Raw made me feel like I already know Fastlane doesn't matter, but if you needed reassurance that it doesn't matter, look at Monday Night Raw. You had Seth Rollins being present when he doesn't have a match at Fastlane. You have Brock Lesnar being present when he doesn't have a match, or in a dark match, but still he's there on Raw, doesn't have a match at Fastlane. He might make an interference. WWE basically told us these matches have no consequence because what we're building towards is a pay-per-view that's after Fastlane. So whoever interferes sure i'm gonna want to know i'm gonna want to know the outcome yeah, of, kevin owens, uh, of kevin owens and goldberg but that's about it that's about it we got yeah we all know that Charlotte's gonna win back the championship because you gotta keep that streak going we all know samoa joe he's gonna have a phenomenal match with sammy Zane. oh yeah my, oh shit um, i i'm yeah. i feel bad i forgot about that one i'm sorry joe yeah like yeah we know he's put gonna some respect like, on his name yeah, definitely. And um, the Raw Tag Team titles, I mean, we just discussed that. That's pretty much abysmal of a tag team division. The Cruiserweight Championship with um, Neville, the king of the Cruiserweights, taking on Gentleman Jack Gallagher, which I'm surprised that no one gives that guy a chance to win in this match, which I wouldn't shot me if he surprisingly won. And then we have the pre-show match featuring Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa, who those are two guys that they have messed up severely, in my opinion, taking on Noam Dar's boring ass and the bearded Brian Kendrick. I get the feeling you don't like people who have beards. Like, what is up with you oh, and no, your disdain no, no, of no, facial hair? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe you. That's not I'll believe you. That's not an I just throw that out there. Here's the thing. I actually do think Fastlane will be a surprisingly decent show. <laughs> decent. What a ringing decent. endorsement there. No, no believe like, I actually think this show might shock some people. Mm. I, even though I don't think we'll get any clean finishes... I think I think it'll surprise us because here's the thing: we're on the fast lane to WrestleMania, guys. 
and I hate that goddamn term. But we're on the like. And let me ask this: Has there been one good Fastlane pay per view since this pay per view concept was good? Has there been one good? Hasn't one? there only been like two? Yeah, like is maybe but three. No, it's only been two, but still, there hasn't been like one card that just streams like. I mean, there have been some good matches. I remember that one where, uh, you know, Roman Reigns pinned Danny Bryan clean. See, Charlie yeah, isn't even here. We can't. Uh, man, that 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 used to be a moment. Leave, for us. leave the memories alone. No, damn it, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, there is something that I do want to discuss because Samoa Joe kind of pissed me off Monday. Believe it or not, Joe actually got me a bit peeved because here's the thing. Since Samoa Joe made his debut on the main roster, every single time I watch Monday Night Raw, he is the one guy that I am watching a very, very close eye on every time I see him on TV because he, to me, in my opinion, is just way too much of a valuable asset as a top heel, monster heel on Monday Night Raw. Because remember, Monday Night Raw right now is in the stigma of nothing changes. And the only thing that's really, well, major that's changed is Joe coming. So I watch him every single week to see what he is doing and what they are doing with him. What ticked me off was he's in the back having an interaction with Cesaro, which I actually loved. And then he has another interaction with Mick Foley, and Mick Foley calls him out, why are you always being Triple H's little puppet? And then Samoa Joe says, I'm nobody's puppet. And then Mick Foley actually defined the term for him, and then Joe's, nobody tells me what to do. But yet, an hour and a half later, why is your ass out there standing almost like literally at the snap of a finger with Triple H? Until he tells you what to do. That to me is not good. Because you need to protect Joe's character at all costs. I don't like it when you say one thing and you move on and you do something else. Because to me, that's not what a logical human being would do. Especially when we're talking about Samoa Joe, who, let's be honest with you, is probably the smartest quote-unquote heel on the roster right now. Yeah, I did watch that and I was kind of questioning the presence of Samoa Joe because it's not like, you know, Triple H couldn't have handled yeah. Seth Rollins <laughs> on his own. His his one-legged ass, like, Triple H could have handled that. Yeah. Just kick the crutch out from underneath and there you go. <laughs> I just kind of found that so weird because I don't like it when heels flip-flop. Here's the thing. We know they're bad guys. We know they're heroes. We know that they say certain things and then they technically don't mean them. But here's the thing. Joe means what he says every time he talks. Mm-hmm. He doesn't try to like play up to you. He's not your great hero. He's not your great savior. He's not your great protector. Joe has always been out for Joe. And to me, that's just too much of a cog in the machine for him to just say that in one segment. And then you turn around and you do it in the next segment. To me, that's not good. That, that, that's just not good. Okay. We have one more topic to discuss here today. Can't believe we waited until the end of the show to do it. But I guess we can close on what I consider to be a high note. John Cena <laughs> oh, yes. and The Miz 
and Maurice and Nikki Bella. This entire segment, including all four of those people, took up the first 30 minutes, an entire 30 minutes, I believe, of SmackDown. That's a quarter of the show. I didn't care. And I got to say, by the time that segment ended, I was like, I want it to be WrestleMania right now because I need to see this damn match. I was joking. What was it last week or a week or two ago when I was talking about, oh, I, I want to see this match because John Cena is going to propose and Nikki Bella and, you know, we get that yeah. OTP locked together. But they did such a wonderful job of providing mm-hmm. substance to this and, you know, making sure that we understood the roots of everything that was going on referencing the past feud between john cena and the miz and talking about how john cena has been holding down the miz and if it wasn't for him the miz would have <laughs> achieved glory once again yeah, right. in wwe we know it's bullshit but you know the yeah. miz is a heel <laughs> he, he's supposed to be delusional when he's saying yeah. things, and he was out there, and he was great on the mic, just throwing darts at John Cena, and it was going on, like, he he took up a good, what, 12, 15 minutes himself, just yeah. talking trash about John Cena, and I was sitting there like, damn, this is good, not only because it was good, but because I knew that that flip was going to switch on John Cena and he was going to, you know, he was going to start throwing those bombs back and Cena's throwing those bombs back. And John Cena mollywhopped him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he did. I, I mean, Miz, he took some nice shots too, but uh, Maurice, she gets on the mic, that ride or die chick. Which was terrible in my opinion. No, see, I understand Maurice because Maurice, she plays the role of a trophy wife. Like, I don't look at her... And Wyatt. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess she's like Melania. You just stand there and look good. You can't say anything. You, you you're not Wyatt. allowed to talk. But no, I because it, it it makes sense to me. Standing up for her man, like I'll never question Maurice and her ride or dieness. Whatever way you want to stand up for your man, damn it, you do it. And she did it there. She slapped the shit out of John Cena. Nikki Bella comes running down to the ring, like you you mess <laughs> with my man, crazy. I'm gonna break you, bitch. Nikki like, Bella is liberated. It's the first time she gets to stand up for her man. Maurice <laughs> has been doing this for a year. Nikki yes. Bella finally gets to be the ride or die chick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy, the guy, because there's this guy backstage, like Nikki Bella, she wanted to be ride or die, but there's this guy backstage who, you know, he holds her back every time John Cena gets into trouble. This He, he was off on SmackDown, yeah. so she finally got her chance. I I found this whole I I thought the Cena Miz dynamic to kick off SmackDown was great and the fact that it, they took like a good half of the show and I didn't even care well quarter like, of the it, show yeah, oh, yeah core of it well, well quote unquote core of the show but still this just proves that you can have long segment like like this happen every often it's one thing if it happens every other often but if it happens every week it gets too repetitive especially when you do it with the same people here and there this has been a while since we actually had miz and cena like really talk it out and honestly miz did a good job of defending himself because this was even though john cena did come back and he molly his butt it this was a whole of a lot better hell of a lot better than what 
Cena did to Styles leading into their match of the Royal Rumble, where Styles has nothing to really say, and then Cena just automatically buries him. At least Miz had some substance to what he was saying more than AJ Styles, Styles did. Here's the thing. I'm actually completely fine with this match happening, people. And people, before you go off, because I knew you are going to go off, I'm fine with this because here's the thing. Even though I do think that there are better ways to use your top guy in John Cena and mm-hmm. your top guy in The Miz, Miz and Maurice do deserve this spot, in my opinion, because remember, these were two, this was this was a power couple, WWE couple last year when she showed up the night after WrestleMania, I believe, and they this was just the card that they just that everybody just went along with for the ride. Like they had like their little mid card stuff. They were gonna do their thing. But when the brand split happened and Maurice was with Miz, they just skyrocketed into like something that actually could elevate somewhere bigger, like not towards the main event scene, but like to the point to where they actually mean something more. Mm-hmm. And this is a type of mixed tag team match to where Miz and Cena are your two biggest movie stars, and you need that celebrity type feel at a WrestleMania, especially if Big Show versus Shaq isn't happening. I'm completely fine with this. I mean, just let them have their moment. It's fine. You're not going to remember this match later, years on down the line. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely cool with it now. This is where I would appreciate seeing something of cohesion between John Cena and Nikki Bella because with this being the first time... You gotta watch seen... Total Divas. Man, nobody that. watches that trash. That. Oh, you know what? You don't even necessarily have to watch Total Divas because the Bella Twins, they have a YouTube channel and John Cena, he's on the YouTube channel every now and again. And it's actually really good. You know, you know. let me go ahead and throw myself under the bus here. That's why I was a little late starting the show because I was watching the Bella Twins YouTube channel and I lost track of time. It's, it's riveting stuff. I, I, Man, I was going to throw you I under the bus you. anyway. We all know this, so just move on. It's, it's it's riveting stuff. You got to check it out. They actually did a tour of John Cena and Nikki's bedroom. Good people, stuff. You should check be, that video out. People, Bro. I'm going to be stuck in a damn room with this dude. Fear for my life. Jay, like, <laughs> people who watch that, I believe they call that a pathology. That is that is not oh, healthy. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I think this, you know, on paper, I was not convinced I wanted to see this match. Um, but Miz and Reese are a unit. They work so well together. And with this being the first time that we've addressed on screen John and Nikki's relationship, I really want to see them in the next few weeks play off each other. I would hope it's not just this has been the one moment they wanted on TV and then they just wait until WrestleMania to do it, uh, to address this. And, um, yes, I do believe there are better ways you could use John Cena and The Miz, but I'm not, I'm not disliking this. And the cool thing about this is I felt Miz and John Cena both had great points, but Cena had a haymaker because he's he's saying, you really think I have all this political pull? <laughs> I pull all the strings. Do you really believe if that were true, I wouldn't be facing the Undertaker knockout shot? I think right that there. was I think that was legit, honestly, right there. I think that was actually not just Mims saying it, but I think that was legit because Cena actually mentioned in an interview that he doesn't come up with this stuff. You know what's stupid about that, though? That's WWE admitting, like, that's admitting <laughs> they read the internet. 
So yeah. if, you, if you read that and you use that to build Cena's promo, why are you still pushing Roman so goddamn hard? That's because it, it's irrational. The, the hatred yeah. of Roman Reigns is irrational anyway. They only they only read the internet, you know, favoritism that fits their agenda, of course. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Shit. Because I, like, I, even though I'm not feeling Roman Reigns right now, I'll still say the hatred of him is irrational and it's bullshit. Like, when I tweeted out that tweet, when oh, I was like, boy. I, when I said, um, I, I I don't feel anything when I see Roman Reigns. There were people who were like, uh, oh, join the club. Basically, people, <laughs> I, I'm guessing these are people like, yeah, I can't stand that punk-ass Roman Reigns. J- you know, Jay, we're welcome. No, I'm not in that club quite yet. I'm not on the I'm not on the bandwagon. I'm not riding behind him with a damn shotgun trying to take the bandwagon out. I'm just sitting on the sidelines waiting to see when I can jump on board once again, because, you know, I like Roman Reigns and I want to be a fan of his. But, you know, it's going to take some time. It's going to take, you know, these, maybe this will kick it off. This match with Braun Strowman. Who knows? These guys, <laughs> these must be the same people that live in their motherfucking mama's basement and don't do anything. and They don't have jobs. Shout <laughs> these, out to Marcus Kane. Shout out to Marcus Kane. I'm looking at you. <laughs> no one would get that. Hey, so times are hard, man. Living in your mama's basement, you know. Hey, no, no, no. Got to no, do no, what no. you got to do. Living in a Trump America is <laughs> tough. It's tough times. See, so you should understand. Then they they got reasons, economic reasons. Maybe they're hiding out. Maybe that's why they're living, you know, in the basement. <laughs> Trying to maintain. You know, a sense of safety and securedness over these next four years. Yeah, get over that wall. Yeah, you'll feel safe. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Um, I'll be back on Sunday with the review of Fastlane. Uh, yeah, because we're not reviewing this shit. <laughs> yeah, you never review pay-per-views. I do all of that. We've done it occasionally, you know, but when you give us roadblock, end of the line, things don't look too good. <laughs> Giving us all the B-list pay-per-views. Well, that's back when I didn't watch Raw, so I couldn't review a show that I didn't no, no, no. watch. So. No, because remember, he's demoting us to Raw. Yeah, you don't like us very much, do you, Jay? <laughs> no, it's business decisions. It's, it's uh-huh. best for business. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, and what they're talking about, um, we're going to be bringing back review shows um, to PWF Empire um, after WrestleMania. Because we're going to do a review of Raw after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And the the week after that, it'll be Cass and Dalton on Raw and Lucas oh, and... Lucas and Evan on SmackDown. They got the good show. <laughs> we had it. We had it. But, you know, we we got demoted. We we lost our push. You got demoted to the show that more people watch and more people are interested in. The casuals. You know what? There you go. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and end this show right here. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Peace. Later, guys.
This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.